Welcome back, Heathmount family, and happy Monday. How was your long weekend? Oh, I feel like I've had such a great little break, and I'm now all set for another couple of weeks of teaching and learning, laughing and exploring all together. I I can't believe that it's only two more weeks until half term. This summer term is flying. So, what's in store this week on the podcast? Well, we have three brand new games, which I have to tell you, if I may, I am particularly proud of. I haven't stopped laughing during the editing. They are so, so fun. You don't want to miss them. We've got top teachers, stories to inspire, and lots of you, lovely lot, sharing your ideas and talents. What more could we ask for? (laughs) Well, there's no time to waste. Let's get on with the show. Now, I am really honoured to have this guest on the podcast. He's a really, really busy man, but everyone who knows him will testify to the fact that he never seems like he's in a rush. He always has time for you, and he never, ever seems flustered. He's super cool, super kind, and super clever. And the Heathmount family simply could not have functioned in this last season without his hard work, wisdom, good humor, and direction. He's a visionary, a true lover of education, and our school is in such good hands as he leads us in curriculum design, learning power, and professional development. And boy, can he teach. I am delighted today to welcome the very cool Mr. Beskeen to the podcast. Hello, Miss. Hello, Miss Ferguson. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to hear you. What, what an introduction. Do you it's, know? It's all, it's all going to go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best bit. Best bit of my job. You're on mute while I do it. No one yeah. interrupt. Yeah, I know. No, it's yeah. such a delight to have you. And I think, you know, this podcast is such a great way to honour um, our Heathmount family. And I really want to, you know, on behalf of our school um, community, just a massive thanks for what you've been doing. You've been very busy. Oh, it's been, it's been a, very much a team effort. Everyone has done an amazing job. Yeah. Every single member of staff at school has just been outstanding. Yeah, learnt a lot. Yes, and learnt it fast. And then just as you think things are calming down, the next curveball comes at you. Mr. Gillum just you know, drops you an email with what's happening next. <laughs> I know. So ne- never, I mean, never, a dull, never a dull day. Guys are just on it. And, you know, <laughs> I just think this season, as, um, you know, the waters certainly, you know, have been choppy along the way, but you guys are just driving our ship so well. So huge, huge thanks to you. Um, now, you think there's been a challenge? This may, this interview may well be the most challenging, challenging no, no. this game because I know you're a subscriber and thank you for that. Yes. You'll be very familiar with the quickfire round. Very. All the way back from Miss, all the way back from Miss Strickland. Very upset. She chose Australia over, over England. I know. Um, she, you weren't the only one. I she know. She didn't even flinch actually. I've not spoken to her since. <laughs> Struck off, Strickland. Absolutely, off. yeah. Maybe we'll give her another shot at the end. And we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Got some pretty niche options for you here. Okay. Um, and we'll see how we go. He's a cool customer, guys. He's not flinching. He's yeah, not worried. No, no, I'm not nervous at all. Oh. All right, then. <laughs> here we go. Okay, go. Okay. Easy start. Tea or coffee? Mm, coffee. 
yeah, a lot of coffee at the moment, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> the only way to stay awake. Yeah, uh, phone call or text? Oh, text, I'm too lazy. <laughs> Online or offline? Uh, offline, definitely. It's been great being offline during this. Yeah, we really appreciate it, don't we? Yeah. Um, what about books or Kindles? Oh, books. Dogs or cats? Oh, uh, we've got a cat at the minute, so I'm going to have to say cat or my wife will kill me. Yeah, no, that's all right. Fair play. Yeah. Um, football or cricket? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this one. Cricket. Really? Okay. Yeah. And related to that, Botham or Stokes? Botham. My absolute idol. Absolute Old classic. Hero. Um, okay. Again, going back to yesteryear uh, as a photographer, sports photographer, amazing photographer. I know, yeah. uh, digital or film? Oh, film. It's a real the old skill. classic. Yeah, it's a real art. Never know what you're going to get. No, I know. And the truth when you're developing your film and you're, you're hoping it's on there. And is it? Sometimes <laughs> it is, sometimes it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's real living. Rock and roll. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I know you're a big fan of both of these things. Would you rather go to Duke's Barn or the Year 8 trip to Thorpe Park? Oh, Duke's Barn. The food is amazing, as well as all the amazing activities. But yeah, Duke's Barn. How many times have you been off that bridge? Uh, three or four. Three or four. I'm always like, oh no, kids, you go. You have another go. <laughs> Mr. Beskin doesn't need to go. I've done it before. Do it. Do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Love and then that, you're like, that trip. nobody take a photo. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to look cool. <laughs> I know. Okay, here we go. Um, back, to, back to sport. Bowling or batting? Uh, bowling. Much better at bowling than batting. Uh, and and, and on, to, uh, on to football now. Upton yeah. Park or a London Stadium? Oh, of course, say Upton Park. Yeah. Got to. I know, it's I the mean, old one. You look a bit yeah, heartbroken talking about this. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, I, I like the new stadium and I, I appreciate why they did it, but you can't beat the character of Upton Park. Scary place for, for away teams to come. Uh, this is the uh, former West Ham Stadium uh, for those podcast yes. listeners who aren't yes, sure. Absolutely. Um, I had to check it myself, not going to lie. And um, of course, it is no longer. And, you know, it's pretty serious stuff for, for you, West it Ham. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big um, source of debate for West Ham fans. Big there source of debate. Yeah. Oh, no. Another podcast, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so other, other, other uh, London teams, you've got to choose one, Arsenal or oh. Spurs. Oh, my goodness me. My wife's going to kill me. Arsenal. I'm just awesome. going to let that lie out there. Yeah, just, just for, for, for just, the Heathmap family the, to have their own responses. The tumbleweed will flow through <laughs> when she hears that. But my no. granddad, my granddad was a big Arsenal fan. That's why. No, you don't have to justify it to the I podcast. I do. I really it's, do. It's uh, it's out there for all to hear now. <laughs> no going back. Could I ask, therefore, if you were more of an English or a maths man? Oh, maths. Yeah, I do like my maths. Okay. Um, yeah. early or late? Oh, late. <laughs> Very much late. <laughs> Spoken like <laughs> father of four. Yes. Uh, what about music or drama? Be careful. Oh, uh, sorry. It's got to be music, I'm afraid. Yeah. Love my music and concerts. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's, um, it's been a nice season for that. Suits mm. or shorts? Uh, Quite a sharp dresser. Yeah, I do like my suit. I've got to say, I do like looking, looking good in a little three-piece. Yeah, you know, you rock yeah. the waistcoat. Yeah, absolutely. I can. Well, maybe not, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't like to point any fingers at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Maybe off air. Um, yeah. Okay, we're coming to an end here. You've done very well. Netflix or Amazon? Uh, Netflix at the moment. Star Wars or Harry Potter? 
Oh, Harry Potter. Kids love Harry Potter. If I have to choose of the two, we see more Harry Potter here than Star Wars. Um, okay, if you're at the cinema, are you a sweet or a savoury popcorn man? I was always sweet, and then my wife started buying, getting a mixture of sweet and savoury. Sweet and salt. It's a great get. mix. It's a great mix. But I take sweet. I take sweet. There we go. And the last one, um, middle or upper school? <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> That's brutal. They're both wonderful places led by wonderful uh, Wonderful men. Oh, there we go. There we go. No one's answered that question yet. No, no. one's answered that question. Okay. Um, so, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you did. You did us. Uh, you were super cool in that in that round. Um, and you know, a few surprises. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was gonna was gonna mention to uh, the wife and in-laws that I was gonna be a podcast star, but now after confessing Arsenal over Spurs, I think I probably won't. <laughs> Keep yourself in lockdown there, for sure. Yes, yeah. Won't be sharing that widely. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Biskeen, there yes. is, um, you know, we've talked about how hard you've been working and all the changes that have been going on at school. I know that you are, um, you know, balancing that with your lovely family and, um, and your wife's job as a teacher as well. There's a lot going on. Um, anything in this season that's, um, in all of this that you have just really stood out that you've just been really, really thankful for just now? Um, yeah, definitely. A few things. I think starting with school and our community in general, the Heath, Camp, Camp, the Heath Mount community have just been amazing. Um, the way everybody has stepped up, I'm hugely thankful to our parents because they've been hugely supportive at home and every time we get one of those lovely emails from a parent saying what a good job we're doing, I know what a lift that gives our teaching staff. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's huge when they get those emails. It makes such a massive difference. Um, the children have been fantastic, shown great resilience, which obviously is one of our learning powers and adapting to this new way of learning. Um, but I must also give a special shout out to the staff because they have been outstanding. Like I say, yes, we put all the planning in place and the timetable, but the... The resilience they have shown is is just breathtaking. You know, we've piled the work on top of them, the new initiatives from OneNote to Zoom. Um, and within two weeks, we are up and running, delivering really good lessons, in my opinion. Um, and they're still learning. They're still making changes. We were chatting earlier about how you've tweaked your English. Um, and it still continues to evolve and improve. So I'm hugely thankful to the whole community, but especially the teachers who've just done an outstanding job. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, there's a couple of other things. I think in the current situation, how it's been over recent weeks, tiny thing I'm thankful for is our garden because you watch the news and you see there are so many families around the world that aren't lucky enough to have a garden. Mm. And just having that space for us to go out and enjoy and be outside and appreciate what we've got and nature and being able to play football and go crazy on the trampoline something to be thankful for um and the last one is a silly one but i'm really thankful that my wife bought a pair of clippers just before lockdown uh, and she's she's able she's been able to cut my hair otherwise i would be um yeah looking like sticking the, we wouldn't have the camera on maybe on this no we, we 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 really wouldn't so yeah well you're looking sharp as ever i know Thank i do you. i do know a few people who um have have, have had the dog scissors taken yeah. your hair 
yeah um, there's a there's a there's a lack of symmetry going on in many people's um and, and yeah. people who just you know refuse to look at the back of their head <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know one member of smt who was quite adamant about that yes um, but uh yeah i do think that um you know hair, the hairdressing uh community will be uh you know before we all go back to school that might be um quite yeah be, be interesting to see everybody on the first day back their appointment yeah <laughs> um no you know there's so so much to be thankful for there um and you know again we're just um massively as a member of staff massively thankful for the setup that we've been able to sort of jump into i just think bring on the inspection as well you know absolutely if we can get through this we can get through and along those lines you know i know you're an avid reader um and you know there's been tons particularly on the usual channels that that you really are active in on uh, on twitter and within the sort of education system um or perhaps out of it as well um is there anything that you have um, been complete, com- you know, particularly inspired by at the moment, as well as thankful. Yeah, I mean, one obviously again, staying with education, and all the key workers in general have done an incredible job. The NHS, all the way through teachers and everyone, people delivering posts, collecting bins. Mm. You know, people are just having to stand up and be counted, and it just shows what a fantastic nation we are. That people have done that up and down the country. No. No, you know no job is too big or too small it's been mm. tremendous but I think in education there was the one story of the the deputy head teacher who worked he works in a school in Grimsby and he has got had up to 80 vulnerable children in his school and he and his team of obviously key workers at school were making packed lunches and he was walking five miles a day hand delivering all these lunches to the vulnerable children and I think sometimes we forget how lucky we are that we've got food in our cupboards and yeah. um, enough to eat and drink. And these children, he was making sure that they got a really important meal of the day. Um, and so that was a really, really inspiring story. I mean, what um, an amazing, yeah. amazing leader and ama- amazing member of that yeah. community. And I think, um, you know, there are, I've certainly been really inspired within my own community to see beyond you know just to look beyond my screen almost yeah my world and think uh, who needs help and yeah. what you know what can what can we do there was only one other group i wanted to give a special mention to and that was our little key worker school mm-hmm. um because that little group of children we've had between about 15 and 20 every day and i have found them utterly inspiring because their mums and dads are all doing very important jobs in our communities and they're not seeing them they're just no. not seeing their parents at all no no and they're being brought into school because their mums and dads need to go off and do those important jobs um but they're coming in they're not making a fuss they're making the very most of of the school they're knuckling down they're working incredibly hard and my days when i've been in it's been truly inspirational and i know mr spout and i have often shared these conversations it's just such a lovely place to be the staff have all been fantastic, the little team we've got there. Um, but yeah, the children have just been just, yeah, truly inspiring. They're, been, they're, they're a fantastic. really forceful bunch, right? but also often, you know, aren't seeing their, their folks on weekends either, just with the nature of their jobs. Yeah. Just so big shout out to you guys. Yeah. yeah, those, I hope you're listening now, guys. But yeah, you've been amazing. Yeah, we're really proud of you. Yeah.
Um, so as, as you know, and we're really proud of you, Mr. Breskine. We're nearly, <laughs> I think, um, I think we're into the last two weeks now of this half term. Yeah. Feels yep. as ever. Um, and I don't, you know, let's, let's just see when we meet again, but let's just hope it's really soon. Uh, so before we go, Mr. Breskine, I know that you um, deliver some cork, corkers of uh, assemblies um and you know i'm sure you're missing them dreadfully yeah absolutely i love my assemblies yeah yeah they're good fun but um is there anything that you would just like to say to our heath mountain family before before you go as we go off into into this new day um i miss you all um the little pe the little bits and pieces of teaching that i have done it's been it's been massive i've just absolutely loved those faces being able to see the children being able to see their smiles and just say hello um i make a point of unmuting everybody right at the beginning of the lesson because i just want to hear their voices and hear their chatter and although um, people might miss the mute button yeah i know yeah if only we could bring that into the class it was like ah, <laughs> mute. <laughs> yeah um so yeah I, I i miss them terribly i miss not being around them every day and getting to catch up with them whether it's about their work or what they've been doing on the sports field or in the theatre or at home, I, I miss having those conversations with them and seeing them um, grow and develop. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing them back. Well done for all the work they've done. Mm. Well done for the huge amount of, like I said earlier, resilience they've shown in adapting to this new um, way of learning. And um, I can't wait to see them as soon as we get back to school. It's going to be the best, isn't it? Yeah, can't wait. Um, we'll, we'll enjoy your garden. Thank you. I will. I'm going to go and have footballs pelted at me by my seven-year-old. <laughs> Keeping you sharp. <laughs> All right. Well, take care. Thank you so, so much, Mr. Beskeen, doing an amazing job at leading our curriculum just now. What an amazing guy. And uh, hope the old uh, Arsenal conversation wasn't too awkward for you. <laughs> Now, this next feature is a first on the podcast as I have combined two of my favourite segments, the game and the story. Today we have the unique opportunity to have a game that encompasses a wealth of wonderful tales that are not only true, but are told by a master storyteller. This is definitely one for you to play along with as we venture into the wilderness for our very own sitting room safari. Good luck spotting the animals. Some of them are very noisy indeed. Now, this next guest, I have been waiting for the perfect time to invite him onto the podcast. He's a man of so many talents, a very smooth operator, and is both loyal and humble in equal measure. Now, we have a wild and adventurous game on this podcast today, which is the perfect fit for this guest. As I'm not sure if all our listeners will know that before his second career as the finest history teacher in the land, he was actually a safari guy in some, if not all, of the best private conservancies in Africa. Uh, he is not today driving us through herds of elephants, but he is going to lead us in our very own sitting room safari. Today on the podcast, I am thrilled to welcome 
my very good friend of actually over 20 years, I worked out, Mr. Nightingale. Hi. Hello, thank you. Very nice to be uh, on the podcast finally. Um, what an 20 years, Mr. Nightingale. I know, it's frightening, frightening. But what an introduction. You've given me a lot to live up to there. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, it's been a while. Some of those yeah. skills are fantastic. <laughs> so, Mr. Nightingale, many will know, but not all, that you um, um, are Kenyan and uh, the the early part of your life you spent safari guide and all those things. Tell us a bit about that. My parents have a farm in Kenya, which is where I grew up. So most of our holiday time was spent out in the bush fishing, just sort of bimbling about having fun and adventures on safari. So yeah, I left university and I went off to South Africa to get a few extra um, qualifications from. So I spent a wonderful year in Cape Town. Then yeah, I sort of took off on a road trip and ended up in Botswana. Gosh, what was I? Early 20s. Mm. I was basically given a very big chunk of, of absolute total wilderness in the Okavango Delta that uh, my company leased off the government. And uh, yeah, speedboat, shotgun, couple of rifles, fishing rod, four-wheel drive vehicle, and uh, happy days. So I spent four and a half wonderful years down there. Brilliant times, proper wilderness adventures, living in a tent. Um, lots and lots of fun. And then, yeah, and was working in the sort of top-end safari industry there. So working at Lewa of royal fame, where I met you. Can you I think one of the, my favorite uh, things about, obviously apart from being on your safaris on horseback, it was the, a guys, podcast listeners, it was the A-list celebrities and uh, members of the royal family that Mr. Nightingale spent a lot of his time with, but had, the majority of the time, had no idea who they were. And it I would know. be- um, embarrassing. It was, well, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, so I would, I remember reading a copy of Hello Magazine and you going, oh yeah, they, they were there and oh yeah, so were they. I had no idea who they were. So that's why you're yeah. so good at your job. To be honest, um, I don't know whether they knew whether to be irritated or flattered half the time, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite a few. You've got to understand, I grew up without television. That, and then having gone and lived in Botswana where, you know, right out in the wilderness, there was literally no communication. I was a long way away from anything. Yeah. Um, so A-list Hollywood superstars, no don't know who they are. Absolutely none. And you sometimes meet people and think that name is familiar. Um, <laughs> so I do remember you being invited to Prince William's 21st birthday, which you just, just didn't mention until it was over. Hey, fishing with my friends or... Big celebrity 21st fishing one. I wanted to go on that fishing trip. And he didn't mention it to Mrs. Nightingale until after the event. Anyway, they've got over it now. But uh, yeah, good times. Um, so today on the podcast, Mr. Nightingale, um, uh, we have got a bit of a quiz. As I mentioned before, it is a sitting room safari. So what I have got, animal noises that we would like you just to guide us through. We would like you to recognize the animal and, um, and, you know, tell us a little bit about them, maybe. A, little, a few little tales along the way. Now, um, I'm um, not sure we... there's a stitch-up coming here, but <laughs> we'll have a go. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see how I do. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go, Heathmount family. Play along at home. Enjoy the safari. We are in very good hands. Right, number Right. Any ideas? Yes, I wonder if anyone at home could uh, recognise that one. That is a very low frequency um, chat going on um, from an elephant, believe it or not. Huge, great five-ton animal. 
um, creating that noise. Now, they have a really interesting vocalization. It's uh, a bit I need like to tell you if you're right first. Sorry, how long have I got? I'm going to go on for. No, no, I just need to tell you if you're right before you right, go off sorry. on an elephant. Was it, was it an elephant? I just assumed I was right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, elephants, elephants are really interesting animals. They're very, very intelligent and they can communicate an awful lot of emotion um, to each other. So they've got really complex vocalization. A lot of it's outside our hearing range, to be honest. It's really low frequency. So those kind of rumbles we hear are at the upper end of their scale. Um, and that noise will travel, we're not really sure how far, but at least six miles, quite possibly a lot more than that. I do remember probably one of the scariest moments of my whole life being in um, an open top um, vehicle with you and Mrs. Nightingale as you, you know, elephants are Mrs. Nightingale's favorite safari animals. So you were quite keen to find the biggest herd that you could. I mean, I don't know how many there were, Mr. Nightingale, but they were, um, I'm gonna say 50. And you <laughs> parked us right in the center as they walked around and um, and communicated, you could hear them very loudly having a chat. I ended up hiding under a um, a rug underneath, a little bit frightened. That you found it very funny, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah, and you know what you do. It's um, one of the wonderful things that you, obviously being a guide, you you learn a lot about animals and you learn to read animal behaviour. And, and all animals will tell you an awful lot through their body posture and, and what they're doing. But a, a group of relaxed elephants just sort of foraging along. If you get yourself in front of them in a vehicle, what they see is the vehicle rather than the people. Uh, and yeah, you can literally sit there, switch the engine off, sit quietly, and they will come right up around you. Sometimes they'll actually sort of have their trunks running over the vehicle, kind of breathing in your scent, which is, you know, that's when you start wondering if you're too close, when you can feel them, their breath on you. But um, it's a magic experience, you know, as I wanted you to discover. <laughs> <laughs> magic. I do remember that very well. Absolutely <laughs> magic. Uh, okay, well done. You're off to a great start. Okay, number two animal sound here we go that noise is one of the great noises of africa in my opinion um that's a group of hippo in water um right. hippos are and then uh, that wonderful vocalization that sounds like a group of old men laughing <laughs> but um, yeah, that is a group of hippo uh, in water, again, chatting to each other. Oh, yes. Now, I do also remember Mr. Nightingale being on a um, little weekend water skiing trip with a whole bunch, mostly of your lovely family. And, um, and learning, I had never water skied before, learning how to water ski. And uh, there were hippo not that far away. And you just said to me, you probably don't want to fall off. And so that was the best, um, the best water ski lesson I've ever had because there I was straight out the water, uh, didn't want to get left behind by the boat at any point. But you know, it was, um, it was an extreme sport that, that weekend, I seem to remember. Yeah, so well, it's a good way to learn. It's not the hippos you need to worry about, to be honest, it's the crocodiles, but we don't tend to mention that to people who are falling <laughs> off regularly. I think, <laughs> I think there might have been some Olympic swimming records broken that weekend as we swam from place to place. Um, yeah. Brilliant, you are, off. you are doing brilliantly well. Okay, number three. I think this one might be a bit easy. <laughs> Sounds like there's quite a lot of them in there. Any ideas? 
Yeah, I had to listen to that one carefully, to be honest. Um, that's not your classic noise, if it's the animal I think it is. Um, I am going to guess it is a spotted hyena, a group of spotted hyenas. It is a spot. Well, I actually don't know if it's spotted, but I believe you. It just says laughing hyena on my laughing uh, hyenas. Yes. No, their their classic noise that you would hear at night is a is a much more drawn out sort of whoop that goes like that. When you hear them sort of squealing and giggling like that, is a real excitement, and that would be a group of hyenas either facing off against they've they've spotted a, a larger predator like a lion or something that's exciting them, or there is potential food around. Um, or another group of hyenas, but that, that's a group of hyenas gathering and getting excited. Well, there you go. There you go, Heathcote family. Hyenas are not all about the giggling, uh, giggling Lion King yeah. villains that we, that we thought of. Okay, this next one, you're doing incredibly well, Mr. Nightingale. Um, I can see why you were operating at the high level that you were. Right, here we go. Number, number four, I think. Do you know, I'm, get, I'm going for a couple of bull buffaloes having a bit of a tussle. Buffaloes? Well, no. this was actually impala. Of course it is. That's two male impalas. Impala males rutting. God, yeah. That is exactly what it is. To be honest, it, it, in I'm Corho. In Corho. Whatever <laughs> that is. There we go. Yeah. Having a fight. Um, I, I struggle with that one to be honest. I couldn't hear that clearly, but yeah, it's, it's a very low guttural. Um, now you say it, I can I can hear it clearly. Yeah. Well, um, we can't make it too easy for you. Uh, next one. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to shut that down. What a racket! Yeah. Now I'm guessing this recording was from Southern Africa. Can't tell you that. Ah, I don't. Okay. I don't. Well, I don't have that information. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going with jackal, but it's. It's. Um. Yeah. It. It, it sounds a like a. Is it a jackal? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what's the. Uh, what's your hesitation? Um. Again, just not. Not your sort of typical. Um. Nighttime contact call that you'd normally hear. So. Um. Yeah. It's been a long time. You've got to remember, I've, I've been more of a history teacher than a safari guide for some time now. So, <laughs> okay. So um, we're yeah, we're ramping up now. Got some really good ones coming up. I think they're quite hard though. Uh, next one. That one's actually very easy. I'm gonna be embarrassed it. if I get it wrong. Leopard. Let's hear it. Leopards. Yeah, it's very like somebody sawing a plank of wood, that sort of low guttural, that's a, a leopard's contact call, um, just as it's sort of walking along, uh, marking its territory, lets other leopards know it's there and gets them out of the way, so avoid any embarrassing fights. Well, we couldn't have a safari quiz without leopard, is there anyone who knows me will know I'm a big fan of a leopard print. <laughs> and one of, one of the big, big things to see on safari, of course, that's probably the most difficult of the big cats for um, us as guides to find for clients. Generally, when you do find them, they're stretched out on a branch, not doing very much. But um, they are, to me, the most beautiful um, and powerful of the cats. Very, you know, solitary, 
um, they're territorial, which does help. So when you know where, where an animal's territory is, you, you can kind of have some hot spots of where it might be resting through the day. Um, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful animals and incredibly powerful. We once had a leopard jump on our vehicle in Nakuru Park. Yes, we did. On the bonnet. That wasn't intentional, though. <laughs> <laughs> Bit up, up close and personal, that one. Okay. Uh, next one. I don't know what number we're on, but this is the next one. <laughs> Sorry, it sounds like it's being sick. <laughs> it does. I, I, you know, I was polite about your choice of website for these. I'm, I'm feeling less polite about because um, <laughs> that that noise should be shaking everybody's uh, whatever they're listening through. It should be the really powerful and intimidating noise. Um, but yeah, that is a lion roaring, I believe. It, it is a lion roaring. I, is it better than the line that they use at the start of the MGM films? Yes, that that lion. That, I have play. heard you say on more than one occasion about your feelings about that lion. Yeah, don't get me started on that. But uh, yeah, the MGM lion is not how lions sound. Um, what you just played is far more, um, far more typical. And weirdly, anybody listening in uh, who lives around Broxbourne or Wormley, um, when I first moved back to the UK, I used to walk my dog early in the morning in Chesant Park. Uh, and I thought I was hearing things, but now most mornings I would hear lions um, if the wind was right from um, up in the little safari park there. So and I think you kind of got to know the, the certainly the lions in Lewa pretty well, didn't you? Like you were had a kind of respect for one another, if that's possible, on you were on horseback. Yeah, I've had quite a few sort of mock blustery charges from lions. Um, that's not great when you're on a horse because the horses really don't like it. Um, but on foot, it's generally not too scary. It, it, it's fun, but um, I have to say, I did once in Botswana. The one time I really thought I was going to get got. I was uh, surveying a new area and um, you sort of get careless, I suppose, after I hadn't seen any animals or tracks all day. It was very, very hot. So I was literally just wearing a pair of shorts and flip-flops. And um, I'd left the Land Cruiser to walk through a sort of gully that was too steep and, and squidgy. I wanted to check I wasn't going to get stuck. And as I came up the other side, literally four metres ahead of me um, was a termite mound. And on the top of that termite mound was a lioness ready to spring. Um, and she was on a hair trigger. She was about to go. Um, very scary, actually, but not very dramatic. She just, everything about her body language, the way she was holding her ears, her tail, her, she was right up on her, her paw. She was absolutely, and you just think, you know, the book would say, stand tall, look confident, look at, and I just, to be honest, thought anything is going to trigger this charge and had to sort of just, just droop a little bit and try and look non-aggressive and a bit passive certainly not run and just very slowly shuffle backwards Goodness. um it wasn't dramatic at all but she actually she i don't know why she didn't decide to get me but any sudden movement anything so cool so cool oh thank you so much for those stories it's just um i know that there are many more uh but we have to move on oh no um What is that? Um, that again, anyone who's been on safari will know that one. That is a noise you hear a lot of. Um, classic safari sound, that is a zebra, I believe. That is a zebra. What is a, a virtual zebra, I should say, um, which is a sort of common, common type of zebra. But it, it's not the noise you expect a horse type animal to make. No, not at all. I do remember uh, on, on Lewa a really, really grumpy 
three-legged zebra lived in your garden? Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I, when I first went there, I thought, oh, look, this cute pet. And he, he was dreadful. I mean, goodness knows what happened to him, but he was a sort of pet, although he didn't, didn't really like to be spoken to very much. No, no, he just, uh, yeah, he used Hobbled up food. took food and shelter. And, uh, and um, yeah, that fall we found her. Um, lions had taken her mum and um, the hyenas had eaten what was left of the mum and taken half of the foal's leg as well. So she was in a pretty sorry state. But um, we got her fixed up. She lived with us for a couple of years and then spent more and more time in the wild and off she went and, and you know, lived for a fair amount of time. As a, yeah, a there, was also, <laughs> there was also that gloriously friendly giraffe who uh there was every year i remember a marathon on uh, in around your conservancy and people used to come from all over the country for this marathon and this giraffe obviously felt uh like it wanted to welcome everybody into its home and used to run alongside the runners yeah there's a few to be honest um a lot of these animals are wonderfully cute when they're small um and you don't think when they're babies, what's going to happen necessarily when they get big. So I've, we've had a few that various friends of mine have had. But yeah, again, that giraffe, you could shoo her when she was small. Um, and she was very friendly. But once she was several, you know, a couple of meters taller than you, um, <laughs> she took a lot more shooing and didn't really want. And, and giraffes, once she was fully grown, when she got annoyed with you, it was actually quite tricky to get rid of her. She, she, she had to be relocated to a place a long way away from people in the end because she was such a pain. But, um, other friends of my parents had a baby hippo, which again was very cute when it was little and it got into the bathtub. But when you've got a grown-up hippo, grown-up rhino that uh, still wants to come into the house and get onto the sofa, um, <laughs> slightly problematic. Uh, well, I, I'm kind of sad to think that that giraffe got moved on because I loved it. Yeah, no, she was, she was pretty cool. Yeah, she, uh, she was loving life. Okay, so we are coming to the end here and I've saved... So some of my favorites will last, so um, see how you go. It's <laughs> got a lot to say, what's that? Yeah, we're both giggling. I think we both know what this one is. You've, you've come across this animal before, Miss Ferguson. Um, that is a baboon, typical baboon, male baboon bark, um, shouting at the world and telling everyone how big and strong he was. And well, he uh, you know, saying, saying with animals that you've you know, got to look, stand your ground and look confident, look brave, and that's very true of baboons. Baboons, when they get used to people, can be real thieves. And if you don't look like you'll punch him on the nose if he comes close to you and stand your ground, they, they will quite often. They're quite powerful animals. They've got a, you know, as muzzle as big as an Alsatian's, big canine teeth, and the fact they can grab you with their hands and feet as well. Um, and they can be quite aggressive and they're quite intelligent. So uh, for the listeners out there, there was a time we were going on a picnic with uh, Miss Ferguson, Mrs. Nightingale and myself when we were much younger. A few and other people, uh, yeah. I up at a, a lovely beauty spot on a cliff out looking over a lake and uh, sort of said to the girls, while well, I had a quick scout around, check there's no buffalo or any big stuff around, that um, that's what I was going to do. And they just needed to keep an eye. If any baboons came along to try and steal our picnic, they, they needed to, you know, I said, you know, you've got to look it in the eye, shout at it pick up a rock if necessary, and uh, I'll let you take on the story from there, Miss Ferguson. Well, I don't actually remember that. All I remember is driving up to this spot, and there was another friend visiting from Scotland, I remember, um, and, and you know, we were taking photos, and he, uh, you just were telling us about how these monkeys, really, can kill lions, and how they, they, 
they have these huge teeth and how they, you know, hunt in packs. And so you went off to, um, into the bush and we were started setting up our picnic. Sun was going down. It was going to be this glorious evening. And sure enough, over the, the, um, the cliff edge came <laughs> what can only be described as the world's most enormous baboon. And um, I just saw its, its hands and its head come up and it just basically did a push up as it came up over the top. And, you know, inevitably, uh, it was heading towards our delicious spread that was out um, ready to watch the sun go down. Um, just gathered it all up, showed its teeth, <laughs> gathered up our, our um, snacks, and then basically just went and sat with its mates on a nearby ledge and had its picnic of its own. By which point you came back and found the three of us <laughs> in the vehicle. <laughs> We didn't have a roof anyway, so I don't really know what we were going to do. And you were absolutely outraged that your um, your supper had been stolen by these menacing monkeys, and then proceeded to try and get it back. But at which point, the baboon was definitely the winner. Yeah, they they they're um they're a bit of a menace baboons. They they won't kill something as big and powerful as a lion, but they they will take on a leopard. Um, they will take on surprisingly big things. And um, yeah, people don't realise this. I've you being a bit incensed, say, why didn't you stand over it and growl? And we were like, Whoa! <laughs> and uh, it certainly, you know, has a, has a, has a like for kettle chips. I seem to remember. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and olives. <laughs> You'd have thought it. <laughs> You'd have thought it. Well, this, this, this has been the most glorious sitting room safari for us all. Um, I'm so thrilled that you were able to join us and um, we were able to just, you know, pick into that um, encyclopedic brain of animals that you have um, and be able to share some of your stories. There are so many more stories um, there, but I just don't think we've got time for them all. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think you did, you should be quite proud of yourself. I'm not sure, I can't remember. There's one, anyway, yeah, got most of them. Haven't completely lost it, but um, <laughs> it has been a while. I have to say it has been a while. Um, ask me some history yeah. questions next time yeah. and I'll be flying. Medieval history, 100%. I'll be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so kids, we might, you might not have gone to the New Forest. You might not have gone to, uh, what's that lovely place we go with your six? Carsington. Carsington, that trip. Um, that trip hasn't happened this year, but you have been able to get some experts guiding from um, from the best of the best, Mr. Nightingale. So thank oh, you so much for being here. Very flattered. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure being on the uh, the podcast. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you back at school. And thanks for playing along. Bye. My pleasure. Take care out there, everybody. Bye bye. Well. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful safari as much as I did. And I hope you were able to spot some of those animal sounds. Wasn't it amazing to have such an expert to guide us through? Thank you so much, Safari Gad Nightingale. So I hope you've all having a really great Monday. And I've had fun seeing your friends and teachers today and getting stuck into what this week has to offer. Remember that if you would like to be on the podcast or have an idea for something, then get in touch and we will make it happen. Sending all of you so much love today, Heathmont family. We miss you and we are counting the days till we can all be together again. Bye for now.